Hello and welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Time in Some Guy's Parents' House. We're back in Some Guy's Parents' House. That's me, Mike, the presenter, and my co-presenters, Jules and Rob. Welcome, gentlemen. Greetings. Hello. And today we are going to talk about a, a very small film that came out recently <laughs> to only minor fanfare, Avengers Infinity War. Wait, not Tremor 6? Well, if Tremor 6 was the obvious uh, suggestion, but we thought too many people would have said too many things about it. I did all my notes on Tremor 6. Alright, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw this one to Rob first then. Rob, <laughs> what did we think of Avengers Infinity War? Perhaps uh, you could give me something you liked or something you didn't like? Sure, I really liked the performance uh, of the character Burt Gummer. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, no, uh, things I liked, um, I really liked the... I think uh, Joss Brolin's performance, the mocap stuff, really held everything together. Um, I have a favourite bit, but um, we could go around the room first if you want, or I could... Alright, something you didn't like. Maybe. Back, it's lyrical. Um, I think I switched off a little bit with the Wakanda, the large battle scenes. I really liked um, all the other stuff that has to offer, really. I quite like Black Panther, but um, the just when it got to those long, uh, the, the wider battle scenes, I think, um, I wasn't as interested. Alright, Jules, have you managed to find some non Tremors 6 notes? <laughs> I'll, I'll try and just uh, interweave. Uh, we'll, we'll see where we go. I, no, no cat notebook today, I'm afraid. Sad. I know. I always wanted a cat notebook growing up. My parents, uh, they wouldn't get me one unless I fed it every day. I didn't one day and then it, and then it, and it stopped moving. And no, I thought this, uh, I, I, I thought this movie was great. I really enjoyed it. I, with all the hype and, you know, 10 years of backstory and character setups and God, it's such a ridiculous amount of characters it had to juggle. I went into this film fully expecting something that was going to be really messy and overly long and... You know, but at least adequately entertaining in that very homogenous Marvel movie sort of way, in which they all are to some extent, with like a couple of exceptions here and there. Um, sure. But I'm was, I was left very impressed by a film that, to be honest, I'm amazed can even exist. It's it's you know this this filmic equivalent of a gigantic comic book crossover event, uh, it, but it's executed to the degree where it hits everything I believe the intended audience that this movie is after. This is a film that's plotted from, or at least structured from Thanos' perspective. He is, in a way, the protagonist. Yes. Which is interesting. It doesn't, I mean, I read a lot of people online saying, oh, this is plotted from his protagonist, he's the hero, and it's not quite as simple as that. I was rooting for him. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were certain bits where I was thinking, like, oh, this guy, he has a point. <laughs> he does have a nutsack for a chin, and I do like that in a man. But it's... it's there's elements to his arc where, it, where it, it actually, I thought it kind of, this is going to sound insane, but I thought it actually paralleled uh, Michael Corleone's arc in the God First Godfather film, mm. in the way it plays out. But if I start picking out certain reasons why, I would definitely spoil the film. As the door but shut on Gamora. As the door the shut end. on Gamora. <laughs> and, and she was like, oh God. I think my biggest negative with this film, and it probably does mm. relate to uh, my general low yeah. investment in this franchise was that you know the the film i think naturally enough with so many characters has to spread its storyline and its characters across these like a few threads which are which are quite which are kind of interconnected like there isn't a very complicated plot here it's really like thanos is trying to do his thing and everyone else is trying to stop him it's very but simple yeah you still end up yeah. getting maybe three different plots running at once with a few mm. different characters and i def i will admit that about an hour and a half into this film, whenever it changed scene, it would take me about five seconds before I'd be speed, right? yeah. before I'd be thinking, right, who who are these people? Mm. Where are they? And what are they actually doing? What year is it? Who's the um, president? Yeah, exactly. Have you been taking your meds? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it, I forgot. I forgot that. 
it's weird. I'm willing to overlook that because I agree with you. I had that five minute sort of wait. Hang on a minute. All right, it's the Guardians. Okay, now I'm. Oh, no, wait, it's not the Guardians. It's some of them, and then there's maybe Thor's here, and you know, you're mixing parts of all the universes. I, but it, yeah. the fact that it only took me a few bits to just think, uh, okay, no, okay, I'm on board now. It's impressive. It's, it's impressive. I'm amazed it can even work in the slightest sense. It speaks well of the editing, and I, yeah. I have a point which might be closer to the wider point about the cinematic universes, but um, essentially I think, really, if there's a kind of secret source that Marvel have at the moment, it's possibly the editing. And yes, the Russo brothers were on, uh, were involved in quite a lot of the sort of tentpole big um, MCU films, but there is a common thread with the editor, which is Jeffrey yeah. Ford, he kind of feels a bit typecast as the Marvel editor these days, but um, but yeah, he's from the he's there from the script stage. Right. He's on set, and then when everyone goes home, he's still there. He's there during previs, and it sounds like there was an interview with him about um, the first Avengers film. The whole sequence with the helicarrier goes down. Um, yeah. That in the script that was originally um, linear. All of the events in it happened kind of linear, and he. I mean, that seems like a simple thing, but he used intercutting to make the whole scene complete. So he's restructuring loads of things. And there's, there was an article, it was a huge article on him uh, uh, editing Infinity War. But um, yeah, he, he, he said, make one of his, I'll just, there's one quote here, he says he does not prioritise action over character development, which I thought you might find interesting as yeah, no, the writer. I think that's completely agree, yeah. But is there any character development in this movie? I would say well, that, that was the... Thanos is, is the one that has the character maybe, development. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that Maybe naturally enough, with this mm. many characters in, mm. I thought you know you've got you've got the the taste of all of these different characters. Yeah. You know they're they're, they're correctly uh, represented yeah. on the screen, exactly. but nobody really changes in this film. Like it's, there's there's nothing there's nothing really that compelling about anybody's arc well, apart from maybe Thanos. I would argue it parallels more a television show in having the very small slight arcs that you have, especially not even just in like serialized shows, but even you have like even episodic television shows where characters really can't change very much, but you just change such a small sliver of their character, and usually it's something like a an outlook on life is they realise maybe they were wrong about that and they should change something else. So. This felt more like taking that into account, and I wonder if that comes from things like, I don't know how much the Russo brothers are involved in the general story, but they come from television, you know, they, they, direct, right. they started directing Arrested Development, went on to do Community, doing the, the paintball episodes, which most yeah. people know from because they're just, they're basically action movies in 20 minutes. Um, but them coming from television, I wonder if that's why they're used to being able to tell these uh, small stories told on a smaller frame, but when it's extrapolated to something much larger with a movie like this where you need a smaller told character story because it's just it's just events it's just set pieces yes. you, you kind of you feel at home and comfortable with the characters I think possibly the Guardians team are the most relatable mm. um, and yeah it's interesting because some of those characters you'd think would be quite similar to each other as they if they run up against each other mm. I noticed with Thor he's becoming more of a kind of uh, quippier character um, since Ragnarok. Since Ragnarok, he's become very interesting. And yeah. he interacts with um, Peter Star Quill, Lord. yeah, yeah. Star-Lord, mm. and he kind of reverts back, you know, to that scene, to the original Thor, to, uh, to play that, that interplay. And we yeah. the, he, uh, well, he was the butt of the jokes in yeah. the first Thor film. And Quill's then, jealous yeah. of him, and yeah. um, and, well, and they, they all look up to him. And it, actually, actually, that scene also reminded me of, um, if you know your Red Dwarf, uh, Definite vibes of um, Ace Rimmer. Yes. Because there's an episode called Dimension <laughs> Jump where he turns up. And I'm oh, thinking this. That's interesting. Yeah. This feels similar. No, that never occurred to me. Yeah. I, know, I can see it now, but yeah, I didn't, uh, that's, that's brilliant. Wow. Um, what a god. 
I feel like we're uh, segueing quite neatly into mm. what I'd like to what I'd like for us to discuss now, which is how much of all of what we're saying about this film in terms of how the audiences see it, in terms of how the writers create it and the editors, and how much we well, the way we criticize it comes from uh, the fact that it is part of this massive cinematic mm. universe. I mean, I, I feel that, for example, you know, you, you can't really have this, no, no characters having these arcs, unless you've got all of this backstory and all of yeah. the other films, yeah. and you know that it's going on to something else as oh, well. Yeah, definitely. It would be a very dissatisfying film if this was just the only film. If it was a standalone it. thing, like, um, yeah. On one hand, we, so we do give these films a lot more leeway when it, comes, when it comes down to these event films. But when we also give them, even when it comes down to things like later sequels within individual franchises, like, I think the worst example is something like uh, Civil War, which is the third Captain America film. It relies so heavily on elements of the shared universe that you would have no idea if you only saw that, fir- if that film in isolation. And the movie itself would not hold up as well narratively. You know, the entire, the entire almost, central so. conflict and the conceit dies before it even comes out the starting gate. And the filmmakers, they know this. And, you know, the amount of money they're making, it bloody works. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And I, I wonder how much it also comes down to the audience as well, how much we, we allow them to do these sorts of things. You, know, it's you like, feel like you're missing out, don't you? Well, it's like, well exactly, this is the thing. You come you out of... You come, if I watch Thor Ragnarok, okay, that, that depends heavily on uh, the second Avengers film. But if you go into Thor Ragnarok having not seen the second Avengers film... Uh, we, Which I did. We, I have not seen the second well, Avengers exactly. film and did watch Thor Ragnarok. I think the majority of people who would go in, um, who go into th- the majority of people who would go into Thor Ragnarok, and come out saying, you know, they didn't understand half the stuff going on with, you know, although oh, Thor Ragnarok was hilarious, but that green bloke, what the hell was going? Who was that? What was going on with him? And I, it, it's you don't come out. And, I don't think people come out of the cinema saying that because they know this is a shared universe. The audience is more like to say, you know. Oh, I yeah, shit! Like, that was my fault. fault. Right? Yeah. You know, okay. I didn't see Avengers two. Of well, course, the first film of the fourth I've franchise didn't this... make any sense to me. I've I've been in a conversation in a pub once, and uh, someone has been talking to me about uh, the Marvel universe, and they're obsessed with it. And mm. somebody else has come into the conversation and isn't up to speed. And the other person talks as if you know, sort of side eyes them and sort of oh, right. considers it almost a dereliction of duty that you haven't seen. I mean, okay, that's probably an exception, but. I don't see, you know, like, <laughs> see what, no, how could you not have seen, see, you know? weirdly enough, I Ant-Man. think the majority of people that go to, uh, that watch these films, and, and, and I do include myself in this because I've seen every bloody one of them and I know, sure. and I know as much as I enjoy them, I'll continue seeing them, and it's not because they're great films, I mean, some of them I've really loved, but the majority of them I thought, no, that was alright. You but want I'm, all the ingredients of the story. Yeah. Going, going back to the, the point you were saying, sort of, you know, whether whether or not it matters that, you, that you've seen all of the others, I mean, I've only seen half of them. Roughly, right, okay, I think I've yeah. seen about half of them, and so I saw Thor Ragnarok, for example, without mm. having seen Avengers two, and so okay, Hulk is on this other planet to, and to be honest, I just didn't really care. I was like, sure. I'm Hulk here. <laughs> but how much of your experience had, well, of your experience has been lessened by the fact that you haven't ex- has seen all the rest, of the, uni- the rest of this universe, and that you yourself have said, but you know, the, that's what these films are. They're a genre in and of themselves, and therefore, are you to blame for your? Well, it doesn't. It just doesn't them. bother me at all because. I mean, it, because I'm not that invested. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care that much why Hulk is on this planet. Do you think that there's enough, they do enough to uh, tell the story without you getting lost on the way? Just about. Yeah. Mm. One criticism I would have of this cinematic universe format, which derives, which comes directly from Avengers Infinity War, and this isn't a spoiler because it's right at the beginning of this film, 
Um, but essentially the end of Thor Ragnarok, the last scene of mm. Thor Ragnarok is mm. let's save the people of Asgard because Asgard is being destroyed and they have this huge fight scene and it's really important at the end of that film that they have saved the people of Asgard. Well, they make and what happens that right at the beginning of this film? Sure. They're all dead. First shot, most of them are just dead. It's half of them, isn't it? Is and, the thing uh, that they say, yeah. And I just think, oh right, if I if I were if I were to go back to the mm. end of Thor Ragnarok now and watch that again, I'd be thinking, oh good, I'm glad he saved them for the twenty minutes it takes for Thanos to catch up and kill them all. It's like it's almost like one of those old um, serials. It's a, like a cliffhanger mm. in that respect. Um, so I mean, back in when you think of serials, you might think of the '30s and '50s sort of or the sound era ones where um, uh, they were mostly like for for kids essentially. Yeah. Um, but. During the, kind of the 1910s, that sort of era, they were actually the main attraction. Some of them were, they were like, some of them were like 45 minutes. They were almost like a, between a one reel and a, and a feature. And, and some studios weren't even, weren't even sure the features were going like, to take off. But, but, yeah. the, the, but, you know, serials, it's, it's, it's like 3D, isn't it? It's another thing that's come around. Maybe, maybe this isn't the modern day serial. I was throwing it out. Another thought I had about this film, we're, what, 18 films into this series now. We're getting to the end well, of something it, like, what, well, 36 very, hours? Well, 36 hours, it's, 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 it's 36 hours, hours yeah. if it was two hours. And, and some of these were probably longer than two hours. So if we put that in Binge television, more. if we put that in television uh, language, yeah. we're kind of, what, season finale of season two of a well, every, of an, of 22 episode, right. 50 to 50 minutes to an hour long hours. episode. Or 50 series of 40 Towers. Right. Yeah. So this is the end of fifty of season 50 I of 40 Towers. But, um, well, it would be, you'd be thinking it'd be, it's, these films have been going for 10 years, so effectively it's 10 seasons of a television show at the work rate at which one would make these things. I guess so. I think that's... Yeah. Um, but you're going by running time of I'm going by running time. I'm going by footage, actually... Yeah. The time we've invested as an audience. Narratively. Yeah. The, the time that the plot has actually had to move yeah. uh, and change and the characters have had to change. Yeah. We're, we're talking about something like the the set, the end of a second season and this would be... This film would basically be the last three episodes of yeah. the end of the second season. And I do think that absor- uh, consuming the plot in that way would be much more satisfying. I was thinking oh, during this okay. two and a half hours, I was thinking... 40 minutes of this uh, at a time, I would think this was brilliant, brilliant entertainment. Right. But two and a half hours, I think it's a bit fatiguing and it's a bit, it, it sort of sure. just starts to wash over me. And, and after about an hour and 45 minutes, I thought like, oh, I, I'd actually just like, kind of like a break from this now. And what? if cinemas do, I mean, if they, if we do see the fall of cinemas, I hope we don't, uh, and we get that kind of dialing in your uh, blockbusters as they are released, then maybe they'll start splitting them up. I agree with you. Long running times always kill me, and it's, not, it's extremely rare for me to sit in a two and a half hour film and think this deserves to be two and a half hours. Or if it does, yeah. not to at least want a break. I always want a you know, half break because just because of natural tension spans. But I wonder how much film times and things like that have increased because we're so used to uh, on demand serialized television now, where people marathon things. Yes. So mm. the cinema audience is actually their attentions. It's being responded to by the studios thinking they should take longer films. It's learned behaviour. Uh, it's learned behaviour. <gasps> They've been one, trained. If there's one truth <laughs> we know about people today, it's that their attention spans are longer than they used to be. <laughs> 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 All right, let's uh, sum up our thoughts. What Jules, got, I'm going to ask well, you first, please. Well, just, I've got one last point to make about the uh, the, the, the cinematic universe discussion. Thing. Go ahead. Now, there's something that, that they've created with these Cinematic Universe films, I think, that Marvel have been very smart about. It's very clever. And it's these post credit scenes. Now, what they've done here is they've created this sort of addictive nature to the storytelling. 
and uh, where you, even if you don't like the film itself, there's part of you that stays to the end just because you want to know how it plays into the larger picture. I wonder how many people would probably never go see some of these films in these franchises uh, based on, you know, just based on the trailers or because the superhero doesn't particularly interest them. Yeah. I mean, God, some of these we've seen, like, I definitely wouldn't have gone to see Black Panther so otherwise. Completionism almost. Uh, yeah. But you do, because you want to feed the addiction of knowing more about this extended universe and being primed for this post-credit scene story that you've been drip-fed for 10 years and 20 films. And I find that really fascinating. You know, I sat through Ant-Man and I enjoyed it. But then at the end, I want to get as a tease for Ant-Man 2. And I stopped to feel like the film has failed me to a certain degree, even though the film itself you wanted it to stands tease. up completely Captain fine. America 3 or Yeah, or whatever the next mm. one was. I can't even remember what the, what the bloody order it was in now. But the fact that it only teased the next film in that sequel franchise, rather than the overall picture of the Thanos arc, Iron Man made one? me feel really disappointed. <laughs> one thing I will say is that the audience that I was with on uh, Tuesday evening were very, very much into this. Mm. Um, there were people in tears during this movie uh, at various times. People shouting out at the, at the screen, uh, really following along with it. And I mm. had not been, I had not been to a film that had that kind of effect on an audience for years, I don't think. Well, that is a surprising reaction for Sex in the City too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy the film. I'm not necessarily going to revisit it, but I think that's quite, that seems to be a bit of a trend for these Marvel films for me. So I've got a, a new segment. Um, it's called Corrections Corner. Ah. Uh, one of our listeners has been in touch. We have listeners. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised as well. Uh, none other than Roe Falg, director ah. of Tomb Raider. <laughs> Did he really direct Tomb Raider, though? I oh, mean, shots or, fired. Or were it more just events that occurs? The, he, he writes, Dear Once Upon, I love the podcast, especially that Rob guy. However, last episode, you pronounced my name wrong. It's not Roru Falg, it's Uwal Utalg. Thanks, guys. Kind regards, Roru Falg. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Once Upon a Time in Some Guy's Parents' House. Some Guy will be back with his friends to talk about another film very soon. Good night. Good night. Uwal Utalg. Uwal Utalg. Is he Uwal Utalg.